Today's Fremont Food Hub podcast is brought to you by the Brown Company. Brown Company is the locally owned and operated New Holland Ag and light construction dealer right here in Riverton. They've been part of the Fremont County community for 11 years now and are well known by ag folks for their customer service and their service after the sale. Brown's proud to carry New Holland equipment for our fields around here, but they also carry lines of lawn and garden products for backyard producers too. Stop in to their shop at 39 Country Acres Road, just north of Riverton. You can also catch them online. GoBrownCompany.com This is Jack Schmidt. Welcome to the Riverton Local Food Hub Podcast. If you're new to this podcast, we'll kind of lay out what we're trying to do here. The goal of the Riverton Local Food Hub is to reestablish the local food processing and distribution system that has over time moved out and left us. Riverton, Wyoming is in the center of the least populated state in America. We're in the Wind River Basin. Now the Wind River and the Little Wind River both run into this basin, and then they run out into Boysen Reservoir and on down into the Bighorn. It's mostly high desert, but there's good land in the bottoms. Just add water, and we can grow darn near anything. But over time, our food system has changed. The food that we grow almost all leaves this area. It goes out of state and is processed and commingled with food from all over the world. And then some finds its way back here. But it's no longer local and it's no longer fresh. So that's the reason we're developing the Wind River Local Food Hub. To reestablish that infrastructure that allows us to process and market food right here in the Wind River Basin. So our locally produced food won't leave. It stays here, fresh and probably more healthy. And the money it brings to those producers also stays here. We really like the idea of being pretty much self-sufficient. And we're not the only ones in the country that's got this idea. In fact, local food's gaining traction pretty fast. In Casper, Wyoming, Jamie Purcell and Cassandra Baker and their merry band of local foodies are building the Good Food Hub. They've been at it just a little bit longer than we have, and boy, they got big plans. They've purchased the Veterans Hall down on the river on the 2nd Street in Casper, and they're converting it to a full-time market, a shared kitchen space, a greenhouse, and lots of other projects. It's really going to be an incubator to help local producers reach that next stage and add value to their locally produced products. Last weekend, they had their annual harvest dinner. They invited me to come down and MC that shindig, and, and boy, what a to-do they had. It was really beautiful. A couple hundred people got all gussied up and came out on a beautiful night to dine in this wonderful, beautiful tent on an old historic ranch homestead. Four chefs were fixing local food, and there were a dozen or so vendors around with hors d'oeuvres, drinks and all. I got the opportunity to introduce the Mara Casper and also the First Lady of Wyoming. I got to do a little poetry, so I had a really good time. So local food not only satisfies your appetite, but it'll expand your horizons as well. And local looks like it might be the next big thing. So here's your wrap up on local food this week here in Riverton. Fall is sure close and weather's turning as we speak. 
And as we've said many, many times, we got a very short growing season, and it's just darn near over. No frost yet, but it's darn close. Most of the farmer's markets are wrapping up, but don't worry, here in Riverton, we'll still have a place to go and buy those local eggs and that raw milk that we've all become addicted to. The far- master gardeners will move their Saturday farmer's market indoors when the weather turns bad. They'll move from the parking lot at City Hall to the fairground. So don't worry, local food will still be available. But as always, it won't be real easy to get. you got to work for it a little bit. And I want to remind you, there's, there's always two stores here in town where you can buy local eggs, organic produce, and locally produced meat. That's the Wind River Mercantile and Graham's Gluten-Free, both on Main Street. So we're very fortunate to have access to local foods. We just got to make the effort. So in the, in the Food Hub news, well, there's not much to report. We're trying to get restaurant and shared kitchen up and going. If you remember, we've leased the airport cafe from the city of Riverton to use as a shared kitchen space for food entrepreneurs who want to expand their farm production into retail. And this facility will also include a restaurant. We're calling it the Local Food Exchange, and we'll service the passengers at the airport and the people of Riverton. The restaurant's going to try to source their food locally rather than food service purveyors. But the first step, after deep cleaning and getting everything running, was inspection by the Consumer Health Services. And if you remember last week, they didn't think we had everything just in the right place. And after a lot of discussion... We came to an agreement, and three days ago, we reapplied for a license after doing what they wanted us to do. So they have just now called. They're going to be there Monday morning to re-inspect the facility and see if we finally got it all in order. So by the time we drop this podcast next week, we hope we'll have a facility at the airport that you'll be able to come up to and get local food. Keep your fingers crossed. All right, today... We want to talk to some people that are actually pioneers in re- restructuring our, our local infrastructure. I guess you could call them the the John Fremonts of Fremont County and local <laughs> food. We've got Kim and Brian Pyle. And i tell you what, they're good people. You might hear a lot of laughing on this section. Everybody knows the pumpkin patch right out north of town. That's uh, Kim, how long has that been there now? I am thinking about 15 to 18 years. Wow. Okay. So there's been a lot of kids that grew up in that pumpkin yes. patch. But they have really, that, that hits a lot of our uh, touch points in this rebuilding the local infrastructure. They have taken a, uh, gone away from commodity ag and into a specialty product, i.e. pumpkins, where they not only sell them wholesale, but they also have the agritourism part where people come up uh so let kim let's uh, brian we're just gonna ignore you for a while if that's, that's all right <laughs> kim you ought to explain that how your 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 uh, the pumpkin patch works when it'll start and about how many kids come through it and what all it encompasses sure um our pumpkin patch is um open for our our public for our community um we started that with just trying to move pumpkins as a commodity thing to begin with, but it quickly became something that our community loves to do and is supported greatly by Fremont County and around. Um, and so 
we've opened it up and hope hopefully we will have oh gosh I don't know even how many but but probably 1,500, 2,000 kids wow. come through, I'm wow. guessing, from all of Fremont County. And I could be wrong on that. I'm, I'm it's, guessing. It's like you know, we've never chickens. Done, you can't it count them. <laughs> <laughs> You can try. We've never kept an accurate count. Well, you've but, never lost one, though. There's never we, any we, left over. No, so, there's, yeah. the, there's residual <laughs> children once in a while, but we always threaten to put them to work. So they, they quickly find <laughs> their parents. That'll get them on the bus. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Yeah, and so really, I guess uh, our goal really is to provide a place for families to come together, enjoy community, enjoy an opportunity to spend time with their families and and people that they know, you know, and, and just enjoy a nice warm weekend in Fremont County. Exactly, and the business model is, I think, I've never done it, but <laughs> I think what you do is you charge a flat rate for a child to come out, pick his own pumpkin, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Now, there's no entrance fee. Okay, to, there you to go. To get in. That's what there's, we want Yeah, to there's not that. But we do have a basic amount for like an average pumpkin. And then as they get bigger, the price goes up. As they get smaller, the price goes down. And then so they can also buy other pumpkins too. Yes. If you want to load the tr- pickup up. Right, right. And, and we do have a more of a bulk type price for those. So for the, on the agritourism part, there's also hayrides out there. I see a team out there in West Wild and right. corn maze, right? Right, and yeah. we've got the corn maze again. Oh, we've got the corn maze again, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as far as the tour, tourism goes, you know, we, we really want to reach beyond Fremont County if we can, and we do have people that drive by, see it, come in from all over the United States, actually, and other countries on occasion, too, which is exciting to see that, too. So we're open, and we want to gather all those people in. We probably are more in the experimental phases of knowing how to market that. And so that's where our kids with technology come in a little more than what Brian and I actually can do. Back into the digital marketing. Yeah. yeah, 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 Which I know they're a lot more (laughs) savvy. (laughs) Yes, than than we are. So, Brian, let's talk about production just a little bit. Uh, You will... You can't market all those pumpkins no. uh, with the tourism part. Number one, how many acres are we dedicated to the patch? Uh, for the patch, it's 10 acres of just regular pumpkins, and we got our specialty pumpkins, which is about another 10, and bulk orders as a, is included at that 10. And then we've got, well, the corn maize, whatever field we can get, which right. could range from 10 but, to 15. But on pumpkin pr- production, you actually got about 20 acres? Uh, yes. And kind of yield on that just roughly. Oh, you know, it's hard to tell. What's interesting about that is we've had kids come out and try to plot it out and, yeah. you know, do some math. And they'd had some exercises that they did figure out how many in there. The number that they came up with seemed to be like way too many pumpkins, but I, maybe they're right. But I, on an average, if, okay, let's just say commercially we were going to sell bins, we can get 25 bins an acre, which is 40 pumpkins in a bin. Okay, so so a thousand acres, thousand pumpkins. Am I got my decimal right? <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, get that little dot in the right place. <laughs> Somewhere. So in a there. thousand pumpkins. Well, uh, yeah, that would be commercial grade in terms of they're all the same size. Oh, but okay. Then, now you start then you've got all the others. Yeah, you start adding little ones. So yeah, there's probably I don't know maybe two thousand. Oh, I, and and I think give or take. Yeah, yeah, know, and in certain years it's not that way. Again, production wise. You got to rotate the field. What's a lot of people are always like, oh, "Where are you at this year?" Well, you know, we try to do two or three years in one spot, yes. but then you, your production drops. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to rotate that around. So tell me a little bit. How do you plant a pumpkin? Is it a corn planter? 
We get your eyes going to see somewhere. <laughs> one seat at a time. Uh, with your hand yeah, no. smart Alex. <laughs> I know about that part. Well, no, now, now literally, my grandpa, I remember so well him out there with 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 a team of horses and yeah. a one horse cultivator. Yeah. Okay, out there, and when when that corn was the last time he went through in his in his vest, he'd have a. a you know, you yeah, have a thing of pumpkin. Seat. Yeah, exactly. And he just kind of drop them out on, among the corn. Yeah, you know, and then when you shuck the corn, the pumpkins would be ready too. Oh, really? That yeah. Is, maybe we should try that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, have I, the kids go out and pick the corn. <laughs> <laughs> and the pumpkin. There you go. No, we actually just plant with a, well, it's an older, like a 1970s, uh, call it 71 John Deere planter. You with the plates in it. And they got plates, and then you can buy pumpkin plates that go in there. And then you just go ahead and plant them single row at a time. It's Weed control, day. how do you do that? Well, that comes from labor that comes in and hose them. Now, that's, there's, that's, there's, that's there's labor. options to do a pre, pre-spray, but they say it could discolor the pumpkins. So we've never really tried that. And maybe we should some year just really see if it does it or not. But uh, we thought, now nah, we like those big, bright colors. Yes. And I know most of and, the And it's like the... The story is a lot better when you can say that it's this it's herbicide and pesticide free. Yeah, yes. you know we yeah. we've kind of gone overboard with that a lot of times, but still that's that's certainly a marketing right. uh, tool. Yeah, well, you can do that. Plus, you know, I'm surprised at how many people say, you know, I don't mind the weeds. I can just, you know, we get weeds later on. We can have it clean as a whistle. I, Next thing you know, they've never been in a cucklebutter patch. <laughs> <have> <laughs> But, you know, actually in some of those spots where there's lots of weeds, we get some really nice pumpkins down in there, and people come digging out and say, where did you find it? Oh, we're in that weed patch. It's like, wow, nice. So what about fertility? You have to fertilize that like corn? Yeah. yeah. And it takes a lot of, that that takes a heck of a lot of water. Yeah, it takes quite a bit of water, too. And there's some methods that we can maybe even narrow down, and we've been working on on how to maybe save on fertilizer by, you know, uh, not broadcasting it but laying it down in the row and there's okay. lots of different things we can do yet but again we, we've been able to just get it in there and and uh you know each row gets cleaned up and we got some good production coming on and people are able to find some really nice stuff so you've been i'll ask you a, a question that you probably can't answer but uh <laughs> it, it and this is really about agriculture in general and what we're trying to do we're we're trying to provide producers with another way uh, to increase their bottom line, to make a little more money to take home. You've been doing this for over a decade, you know, right. a long time. You're still the only one doing it. <laughs> is it is it the amount of labor that, that limits people or yeah. the lack of market? No, I think it's, uh, it's just really, it's very physical labor. I mean, you got to get out. This isn't a machine kind of a situation you're, you gotta get out right in there and get right down in the dirt so is there a such thing as a mechanical pumpkin picker you know we've looked at many kind of there's there's different ones is so there really look it up on youtube sometimes there's all kinds of different ones that we saw one that picked uh butternut squash yep, yep. i said man if we could get that to pick pumpkins that'd be a wonderful thing i don't know but most of them are if there's usually a, a picker they use them like in indiana you know where they do all the pie pumpkins Yep. And they roll them all out and pick them up with a machine, spit them in a truck, and take off. And it's like, well, but we can't ruin ours like that. No, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not really anything. Yeah, I guess the pumpkin pickers, Kim and I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do get other help. Yeah, it would. We they, have to. Anybody else that wants to join, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So let's let's switch from the, from the pumpkin patch to the raspberries. Yeah. And it's kind of how long have those been going? 
24 years. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Our daughter was, well, actually, our son was born the year we started that. So we just think how old he is and then yeah, we go kind back. of figure it out. Yeah. And actually, the raspberry started first for us because we were considering, okay, what are some, because we wanted to get into some of the farming again and, you know, do some agriculture. Well, let's talk about that. You were commodity farmers, or that's what we call commodity farmers at the time, just like, well, you know, well, actually, we were corn in and beans and, and well, no, beets. we were in Evanston. Oh, and okay. We, we were going, you know, we want to kind of get back into agriculture, so we were looking for an opportunity, and we kind of looked around the state, and some really nice people in the story, I wish I could remember their names so they could get some credit, but helped us go through what it looks like to have a raspberry patch and what you need to do. They were very helpful with varieties, with management, you know, the whole nine yards. So then we started looking for a place to actually do that, and Kim's dad had some property there. We said, could we maybe borrow an acre here for a little while and see if we can make this work or not? And so we actually planted our first acre by hand of raspberries and got them started. So is that, I'm I'm stupid, is that a seed or do you have to No, it's a, it's a, uh, Plant, or it's just a, what do you a dormant stick, yeah. dormant. basically. Yeah. 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 I wanted to say <laughs> stick, but I'm trying to be more technical. Yeah. Well, we do it technically. <laughs> it was a dry stick. We stick it in the ground. Well, but we got them all in there, and literally there was just rows of dead sticks. Yeah. And we said, oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> what did we just do? We thought for sure we'd just gone off the total edge there. But so how long before you had a, a crop? It takes three years to okay. get a crop coming out of that. And then once we did, we just started marketing right from the corner where they're at now. And so, is is this area uh, well suited for raspberries? Yeah, it is. Yeah, raspberries and grapes and really lettuces and a lot of those different kind of cabbages, all those kind of things. Which we were always kind of surprised. All those specialty crops like that are really good. But yeah, raspberries ended up being one that was perfect. And you got to find a variety for the area you're at. Okay. I mean, Actually, between Story and here, a different variety of work from Story up to Idaho on that, uh, where we used to go. Yeah, pick Bear Raspberry. Lake. Yeah, Bear, Bear Lake, Lake, where uh-huh. we used to yep. grass. That, there's even different varieties there that work. And so, yeah, I know when as you go north up at uh, uh, the Shoshone River Farms and yeah. Brown Cody, there's little micro climbs up there where yeah. where uh, one farm would be better suited to melons or something else yep. or something, uh, somebody right. else another thing. So it's, it's, it's kind of amazing uh, how one place that could be much better suited to one crop than another. Yeah. And you kind of pick whatever the good Lord gave us to, to do. To, to, yeah. <laughs> whatever Andy dealt us, we'll go ahead and play with. And he dealt you raspberries and, and pumpkins. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's talk about the, let's talk about the raspberries now, because you're taking them. Uh, and this is, this is what really exciting for me, rather than kind of started out with a, a you pick, I suppose. Uh, we'll start out just us picking, you selling pick, yeah. the flats. And then we finally got, and you know what? We, kind of have to train because you pick wasn't as popular right then and really? okay. kind of train it's okay to go out and pick it's all right you know and we found out from some of the other growers that yes you do kind of you know people got to get used to the idea that it's all right to go in that field yeah because you know, they don't want to go in your field exactly but to get them used to picking is fun i mean you go out as a family or a couple or however you want to do it, get some friends and it actually is kind of fun you just go out and pick and and that has really caught on well. It's okay. Been going really so good. is the bulk of yours then you pick or or you pick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Kim, you pick or Kim pick? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it's probably half and half okay. as far as I you pick it and then our fresh market. So 
it, it's kind of one of those things where because the dynamics of our market in Riverton with another grower going out of business, we've taken on more pick your owners. Um, it has, it's changed our business in the last two years yeah, yeah. considerably. And, and that's the Jarvis down there. Right, yeah. Right north of you there. Mm-hmm. And they had a wonderful... They but did, yeah. I yeah. think it was a labor problem more than anything else down there, wasn't it? And and it I, continues to be. I yes, think it does. you know we struggle with that a bit too. So if and really, so you're boiling down to location. If yes. you didn't have the location you had, even with the good climb, this might not have worked for you. Which is you know as we go go forward in in this uh, in this new food system, yeah. you know labor is a huge huge part of it. It is. It is well, and we also chose to just go to fresh market. We didn't have the time uh, to really set up a kitchen or yep. anything. And until so, now. Until, until now. now. So let's <laughs> so, talk about that. A yeah, so what I was saying, we were doing a lot of fresh market, and there was really good market out there. And, you know, to have two people doing raspberries was a benefit. I, I hope for them as much as it was for us because it was kind of nice to have the extra berries and the extra yep. ability to say, okay, there's – raspberries out there although we don't have some now they takes the pressure off it and we kind of went back and forth that way they it was really a but also i think the farmers markets that were available locally riverton lander casper you know jackson those markets really propelled our business in the fresh area rather than the pick your own too because we had a place to market those flats as they came out so now you're putting in a commercial kitchen we yes. are. With the uh, goal of making what products? You know, the sky's the limit. That's the thing. Um, we keep coming up with new recipes and new ideas all the time, and we get really excited about what we can do. But generally, we're starting with a simple product of jam. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of requests from retailers. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, you know, we want to really try to fulfill that and start getting some niche um, products in stores and around Wyoming. But this way, I mean, the beauty of really having this commercial kitchen is that we can go beyond our state lines. And that is truly what excites us is that we don't have the limitations we had before as far as, although it's been wonderful to have the ability to sell off of our pumpkin patch and at farmer's markets, our jams and jellies that we can make out of our kitchen. It's just going to, you know, allow a lot of avenues. So what Kim's talking about the with the, advent of the wyoming food freedom act right they were able to make a product in their home kitchen and sell it straight to the consumer yes so because the wyoming food freedom says between between the producer and the informed consumer there is no regulation but when you get what when you go to that next level and you want to put it in stores and you want to like you say ship it across state lines then you have to have a commercial kitchen and so we let's talk about that just a little bit the the, uh, that step to that commercial kitchen is exactly what the food hub is trying to do. We want, we're, yes. we have a, we're, we're getting a, a restaurant because it's got a, a certified kitchen in it that we can let producers right. use to do that. Uh, and uh, we want to give that, to open that up to more people that want to do it. But it's not an easy deal. We're finding that out right now. Yes, uh, there, there are very strict. Yes. And, and, the, and the consumer <laughs> health is, is, uh, uh, adamant about food safety, um, maybe sometimes a little too much, but uh, you know we we want to we want to err on the side of safety. Yeah, always. Yeah, that's Absolutely. true. So we, uh, Brian and Kim are building a, a certified kitchen uh, at their place to uh, to make product 
to uh, to go ahead and sell and those things. And as a matter of fact, Kim, uh, there's another restaurant coming pretty quick that's going to want some raspberry jam. Uh, oh, great! Next week. Okay. If you if we can have a Wednesday, it'd be great. Okay, we'll see what we can do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been fun. I really appreciate it. We got Kim and Brian Pyle here from uh, 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 Sun Harvest. I never. I always get that wrong. The pumpkin patch. So the pumpkin patch is going to start. Be that's the big thing we do. When when's the kids start coming? Well, we had our first field trip yesterday. Did you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And but the really, leaves are still green. Oh, yeah, I know. It's got a, it, it, we a strange need a frost. year. Yeah. It's a strange year. But actually, we, we encourage people to come early because we are in Wyoming in October. We don't know what the weather's going to bring. So exactly. this yeah, will be better. That, uh, the one year that I was out there was muddy as a son of a gun. That <laughs> yeah. one by the fun. <laughs> no, that makes it really a challenge. I mean, the leaves are one thing, but we have a lot of people right now asking whether we're open or not because we haven't had that killing frost yes. that everything is crumbled down. And you can see the pumpkins, so they might have to dig a little. But tell them but to come out and and, and, uh, and, and you're ready to go. So we are ready. Our official opening is so it really tomorrow is at the end of the month when we usually end of September. End of September. Yeah, well, we usually open a week earlier, but we're behind this year. Yeah, so. yeah, I know what you mean. So go on out to the pumpkin batch. They're really nice people. So for a poem this week, my son called last week from a thousand miles away and said, Dad, he said, I really like the strawberry row and I like it when you do the old one. So kind of thought maybe we'd do one by Omar Barker this week called Pertinier Perkins. They called him Pertinier Perkins. Unless that booger lied, he'd Pertinier done everything that he'd ever tried. He Pertinier been a preacher. Pertinier roped a bear. He met up with some Comanches once, and he pretty near lost his hair. He pretty near wed an heiress with money by the keg. Pretty near had the measles, and he pretty near broke his leg. He pretty near been a trail boss, at least that's what he claimed. And he pretty near shot Wild Bill Hickok, and that pretty near brought him fame. He pretty near rode some horses that nobody else had stuck, and he's for sure the fella that pretty near Round the duck. Well, all the other cowboys on the lazy SB spread, they took his talking with a grin and just let him fight his head. But there was one named Bill McGinnis. He told it to him rough. You're working on an outfit now where Pertinair ain't good enough. We tie our last ropes to the horn, and what we catch, we hold. And Pertinair is one alibi. I never do unfold. In fact, right now I'll tell you that no word I ever heard sounds so plain damn useless as that little pair pertin' here. Well, that's the way Bill McGinnis, he laid it on the line, and like a heap of preaching, it sounded mighty fine. But one day, Bill McGinnis, while riding out alone, he lamed his horse, and he had to borrow a nester neighbor's roan to ride back to the ranch on. And somewhere along the way, a bunch of nesters held him up. Man, there was hell to pay. Now, Bill claimed he hadn't stole that horse. He just borrowed it to ride. But them nesters hated cowboys. They told him that he lied, and they cussed him for a horse thief. Said they caught him with the goods. And they was going to hang him there in a nearby patch of woods. They had old Bill surrounded with their guns all aimed to shoot. 
and old Bill, he just knowed he'd heard his last owl hoot. They tied a rope around his neck and throwed it over a limb, and Bill, he was sure that they'd seen the last of him. When suddenly some shots rang out from somewhere up the hill, them nesters dropped their rope and ran like nesters always will when the bullets go to whizzing by. Bill's heart leapt high with hope to see old Pertner Perkins riding at him at a lope. I Pertner got here just in time, old Pertner Perkins said, to see them nesters hang you. Bill's face got kind of red. Uh, you you Pertner dead, he Pertner grinned. They Pertner had me strung. You're looking at one cowboy that Pertner just got hung but also one that's changed his mind because no words was ever said that sounds as sweet as pertinere when a man's been pertinere dead. For the Riverton Local Food Podcast, this is Jack Schmidt. Today's Fremont Food Hub Podcast is brought to you by the Brown Company. Brown Company is the locally owned and operated New Holland Ag and light construction dealer right here in Riverton. They've been part of the Fremont County community for 11 years now and are well known by ag folks for their customer service and their service after the sale. Brown's proud to carry New Holland equipment for our fields around here, but they also carry lines of lawn and garden products for backyard producers too. Stop in to their shop at 39 Country Acres Road, just north of Riverton. You can also catch them online. GoBrownCompany.com. Uh-huh.